This is On Target, a look at politics, crime, education, what's happening in Newfoundland and Labrador with the people who know. The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station. And now your On Target host, Linda Swain. Wow, another hot and sticky one, right? Sultra, as they say. Um, enjoy it, but uh, keep in mind that uh, you can get overheated pretty quickly, and that sun is awful strong. Wear your sunblock and uh, keep your hat on and all that good stuff and try and get in a shady place or somewhere where there's a little bit of a breeze. Well, one time most people lived in intergenerational homes. It was pretty common uh, to see three or possibly four generations living in the same house or at least in close proximity to each other, allowing for people of all generations to rely on and learn from each other. Families these days, of course, are smaller and arguably in some cases, more affluent than they were a few generations ago. Uh, That removes some of that reliance people once had on different members of the family to keep things going. Well, that coupled with the institutionalization of aging, families that are spread across the country for various economic reasons, means that the opportunities for important interactions between the generations are a little less common. Well, Old School Intergenerational Projects is a registered charity that offers opportunities for generations to connect through arts programs and performances and here to discuss some of the projects old school is working on is spokesperson Erin Windsor hello hi Linda how are you great how are you I didn't get your title Erin um I am the co-founder and executive director I suppose (laughs) well great to hear from you today um so what exactly is old school international uh intergenerational projects um, so old school, um, my myself and um, my friend Claire Rouleau started this um, a few years ago. Um, basically, it is an organization that offers arts programming and performances that connects people, um, so of all ages. So basically... Uh, our aim is to make the arts more accessible to people, uh, foster connections between generations, um, using all different types of art forms. Um, our background is in um, musical theater, so singing, acting, and dancing. But um, we have many friends with different art forms that we'd like to bring on board to help us with this. And yeah, so that is that's kind of the mission behind it all. Um, we started with a pen pal program between grade six students and older adults in different retirement homes and long term care homes in the city, um, and that has gone way further than we thought it was going to go. We had such a great experience the first time um, that we decided to do again, and we decided we could do so much more. Um, with young people and older people through different art art forms that you know the the benefits are amazing so what sparked this concept in the beginning why was it created um well claire has a background in child and youth care um and i have always been interested in senior care and um it kind of, me and Claire went to school together in Ontario and, be, and became very close friends. And I don't know, later in life, we said, you know, performing is great, but 
we think that there is so much more that we could be offering people um, and people who don't get to necessarily get out to all of the things. So on that, in that way, we came from it uh, from a senior's perspective. Um, I've had a lot of um, close older adults in my life, family members and then friends. Um, and I, you know, you get to see the isolation firsthand and it can really affect you and I guess it affected me and Claire so much that we said okay let's do this let's figure it out and we're both creative people of course because we're in the arts so we have made multiple programs to to try to include as many people as we can. It strikes me as you're talking, you know, uh, mom, uh, my mom, she's passed on now a couple of years, but uh, she always spoke fondly of the pageants they used to have as children, Uh, you know, whether it it be at the local uh, community hall or at the church or whatever the case may be. And she'd often play out the slick skits. And uh, when she and her friends used to get together, sometimes they'd come up with some of these old fashioned type of pageants and they, they loved it. Oh, my goodness. How much did they love doing? that sort of thing and laugh till they cried (laughs) oh yeah absolutely I mean especially in those smaller communities back then it was I mean it was so much more of a community and the arts is such a connecting factor for people um, because you have fun when you're doing these things and I think that things like pageants and talent shows and those kinds of things that used to be for the whole community is something that you might find in certain places still of course um, but yeah of course your mom would have loved that that would have been such an important part of her life and she tried to pass it on to us of course we weren't interested so I guess this is part of the <laughs> part of the inspiration behind this sort of thing to get people together and do these kinds of things yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot that is offered to older people m- more so than younger people is um, what we would call um, passive theater or passive um, music kind of thing where you are not letting them necessarily participate. Yes, of course, they can sing along, but you're not giving people an opportunity to be a part of it. Um, so we really focus on participatory arts programming, um, which just basically means that you're not just going to sit there and watch, unless you would like to, of course. Some people, that's more of their thing, and that's totally fine. Um, But we're going to offer you a chance to participate in whatever we're doing. Um, So that's a really big part of how we're different from um, other groups, I would say. Are there health or cognitive or emotional benefits to all this kind of thing? Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's physical, uh, you know, it can, depending on what you're doing, it can uh, help with uh, concentration, can help with breathing control, um, coordination. Um, And, I mean, that's just the physical. But there's also, you know, a feeling of belonging and... um, and you know the social aspect of it and i mean that and that also links back to younger people too um a word that we came to learn while working in the school was social emotional learning and that's something that seems to be more popular um every year and it really is about uh using the tools that we have to um 
make the young people learn something something different that is not just in a textbook. It's so much more than that. It's connection. It's it's authentic, real life situations that you you would never be able to get in a textbook. You know, something to look forward to as well, and and keep you excited. Absolutely, absolutely. And there's a lot to be said for that. We're, uh, my guest today on On Target is with Old School Intergenerational Projects. It's Aaron Windsor, the co-founder and executive director. We'll be back right after this. Take a break. Join us weekdays from 1230 to 1 p.m. as we discuss anything and everything that's happening now. It's all on the table during your VOCM lunch break. And my guest today is with Old School Intergenerational Projects. Aaron Windsor is the co-founder and executive director thereof. Uh, Aaron, why is it important to connect people from different generations? Um, Well, there are so many differences between people um, who grew up, um, you know, even each each era, really. Um, I work with people every day uh, who are older than me, and I learn I learn multiple things every single day um, because there is you can never know too much and you'll never know everything and it's a great opportunity uh, for young people to learn about the way things used to be Um, and it's also a wonderful way for older people to have a better idea of what it is to be young nowadays as well. Um, There's a lot of stereotypes and ageism that happens um, nowadays, even little jokes you know, about negative, about your birthday, getting older and those kinds of things. And ageism is such a a huge issue that isn't really, um, isn't really brought up a whole lot. Um, It's starting to come uh, to light recently. Um, But there, you know, I kind of live by, it's a privilege to get older and it's a privilege to share things that happen in your life. Um, and I really would love to see more people feel that way. Um, my sister turned 34 the other day and she posted on Instagram. I'm so privileged to feel to, to be 34 years old. And I was like, yes, that is exactly what we need. We need more people to be like, this is a great thing. I'm, I'm here another year. I get to share more things with more people and you know that's really the core of it you know is understanding and feeling well and happy and all of those wonderful things you know and to your point, uh, because it's really been, I don't know, I, I see it as very stark in recent years, but, uh, you know, organizations, media, the general public have been very good in raising important issues and challenging stereotypes and attitudes surrounding racism, the sexism, uh, homophobia. And while there's still a long way to go, don't get me wrong, we've still got a long way to go in all of those areas. The conversations at least are being had. But it seems to me that there's a very long way to go, indeed, in challenging ageism. You just have to flick on the TV uh, for a couple of hours and note a complete absence of anyone over a certain age. Unless it's, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, there's certain shows that um, celebrate that. I'm a big Coronation Street fan. (laughs) And uh, I love the fact that uh, regardless of the age of the character or the actor, they play an important role in telling that whole story 
Absolutely. And, and, you know, a lot of the time too, which is unfortunate if there, if there are people who are older, they're, they're viewed in a certain way, you know, that they're, uh, they don't remember anything anymore. And the way that the media portrays dementia is also, you know, it's a, it's a bit of an issue um, because dementia is different for so many people and, there's there's so many aspects of it. I mean, honestly, when you get me started down this road, I'll never stop talking about it because it's something that really means a lot to me for people to be well and feel happy that they are the age that they are. Absolutely. And this whole yeah. notion that uh, uh, once you reach a certain age, you're out of touch or uh, mm-hmm. I, I have to be honest, when I heard that thing that came out of the New Zealand um, uh, Parliament that time, uh, OK, Boomer, uh, I immediately felt rage when I heard oh, that. Yeah. And now I know where it was coming from, if you know what I'm saying. But uh, wow, uh, how can we get away with that sort of thing in this day and age? I know. I know. It's very it's it's really too bad. And I mean, I can't even say that it's it's always media and it's I say the biggest form of ageism that I see or hear is people being ageist against themselves. And that's really hard to see, to feel like they have given up on themselves, because no matter what your age, you still have so much to offer, even if you have mild cognitive um issues at, at, at that time there's still so many things that you're capable of and it it feels very challenging for me to see either family members or friends or themselves give up on them uh, when there's so much more to offer health of course uh, becomes such a prominent uh, feature as you age and uh, uh, I know that's part I suppose of what leads to this feeling of depression and isolation is that you know I simply can't do the things that I used to love to do Um, but that's part of the growing process you have to I guess somebody in your life or the people around you or yourself uh, included need to try and find other ways to engage and be active and be uh, important and vital and interested. Absolutely. And that's, I mean, that's why we started this whole thing is because we want people to feel included. We won't, we don't want them to feel down on themselves that they can't do anything anymore. We want all of our programs to be inclusive and accessible. Um, We currently um, have been going through the process of buying a school bus, which People think we're nuts, and you know what? We are. And um, we are buying this. We bought this school bus, and it has been made accessible. We put a list in to make sure that everybody can get on. It's not being used as a school bus. It's actually going to, all the seats are already taken out, and the inside is going to act as a programming space. So, this is an opportunity for us to get all over the province and share. the beauty of intergenerational arts programming with people who don't always have that opportunity. Um, it's kind of a, a bit of an odd way to go about it. People haven't really grasped the idea yet because they haven't seen it. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a big undertaking. It's actually been much more of an undertaking than we ever could have imagined. Um, currently the bus is getting um, the decal on the side. So if you're around St. John's area in a couple of days, you might see a big white school bus going around that says old school intergenerational projects. 
Um, and so the inside of the bus is now needs to be retrofit. And that's actually, I was, I was happy when you asked me to do this because I was hoping that maybe some listeners might be able to help us out a little bit too, because the, um, the inside of the bus has been, um, the retrofit of it, it has been funded by the New Horizons for Seniors program. And we are so grateful. It's been such a long process trying to get it going. And now it is, we're on the crunch to get this retrofit done by the end of September so we can start the program in the bus. Um, unfortunately, we had a plan set up and it fell through. And now we are looking for people to help with the actual retrofit. Um, so that includes uh, carpenters, an electrician, and ideally uh, a project manager because Claire and I, we, we have a vision and we know what it is going to be like. Um, but we don't know the order in which, you know, you you can renovate the inside of the school bus. Um, so that's one of the things that we're on the hunt for. We've had an architect, um, Craig Green, who was a, an architect instructor at college, help us with the drawings. And, you know, we're almost there. And then, you know, we had this little hiccup. So if anybody's listening who would be interested in committing to getting this bus retrofit, on the inside, making it a programming space, and then getting to see the all of the lives that we get to touch by doing our arts programming. Please get in touch with us. That would be wonderful. And I want to talk to you a little bit more about that when we come back after the break. My guest today on On Target is the co-founder and executive director of Old School Intergenerational Projects, Aaron Windsor. We'll be back right after this. Saturday morning, join us for the Irish Newfoundland Show. Send your request to irishnl at vocm.com or submit them online at vocm.com. Our guest today on On Target is the co-founder and executive director of Old School Intergenerational Projects. And um, Aaron Windsor, you were talking before the break about this bus that you have. You've got it taken care of on the outside, but you're trying to retrofit it on the inside. So what exactly are you planning to do inside there? <laughs> what are you looking for? Um, so we plan to have it as a very much a multi-purpose space. Um, we'll have, you know, desks that fold down that we can bring stools out and, you know, have people sit and do arts activities right on the bus, like visual arts activities. Um, then, you know, the, the, the desks can fold down and then, you know, we can have people in and sit on the floor and do a little sing-along. You know, there's a lot of different opportunities and, you know, the outside of the bus is painted white. So one of the things with the, with the, that's going to be a cool art activity for all of our communities that we visit is getting to paint the outside of the bus. Um, and you can be as creative as you like on our white school bus. Um, so, yeah, so the inside is, you know, it's a way for us to keep all of our supplies in one place. We can work outside the bus, work in the bus. Um, yeah, so we we're gonna have um, we're gonna have a sink in there for hand washing, especially now for COVID. But also, arts activities can get messy. Um, so. Uh, we have a, we're very grateful we have a plumber, um, um, Sean Thistle, who has volunteered to help us with that. Um, but we need uh, carpenters to help us with, um, you know, inputting the, the flooring, uh, a new door so we can lock the door. School buses generally are always open. <laughs> um, and 
we need also electricity. So we need, we're going to get a generator so we can, you know, sometimes even do shows outside so we can hook up the speakers to the generator um, and then have, you know, plugs in um, on the inside if we're doing any kind of like tech technical work kind of thing for, you know, doing kind of skill sharing that involves tablets or, or, you know, anything like that, we'd like to have some electric put in. So, um, you know, it, in our minds, it was quite simple, but uh, we don't know how to do any of that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so this is why we're on the hunt for some people. <laughs> uh, and why a bus? I'm assuming it's so you can take this to where the people are. Yeah, you know, we don't ever want to have to um, rely on trying to find a space. Um, I mean, every now and then the bus is not going to be big enough, of course, so we'll need to find a space. And a lot of our programs might take place in seniors' uh, communities and that kind of thing. Um, But the bus is, you know, you see those uh, library buses and those kinds of things. And, you know, we were talking about that. We were talking about all the possibilities and I don't know. I honestly don't know, Linda. Somehow at the end of the day, Claire and I were like, okay, this is what we're going to do. It's going to be a bus, and we're going to be able to do this, this, and this. And honestly, it was it was very much a dream. We honestly were quite surprised when it all, it all came to fruition. Uh, we had a, a very generous donation from a Scotiabank um, um, impact um and they give to community groups and those kinds of things. And that was a huge help in, in purchasing the bus, getting all the maintenance done, painting and all that stuff. Um, but we also uh, love the idea of making uh, older things uh, into like a repurposed um, idea. So that, that kind of goes in some of our art programming will be like kind of about that as well. Like taking things that people used, uh, you know, for washing clothes back in the day and seeing what we can do to um, make it into something new. And so uh, what kind of programs do you anticipate? Or sorry, I should back up a bit. Uh, So what kind of programs have you already been working on, you know, outside of the bus? Um, So a part of our New Horizons grant was to create a show that is specifically designed for people who are living with dementia. And that has been so wonderful. We started that, um, we started, well, we started doing workshops of the show. So we went around to seniors' homes and we did workshops uh, talking about what it's like to grow up, what it was like growing up by the sea and there's land. And um, and we gathered all these stories and these sense memories. So we had, you know, we had them talk about what do you, what do you smell when you think about the ocean? What do you hear when you think about the ocean? And those kinds of things. We took all of those elements and made it into a show that um, it's actually a nonverbal show. So we don't have any lines in the show. We do sing a little bit um, and there's music throughout the whole thing, but it is meant to uh, be very much storytelling. There's no narrative. So for people who are living with dementia, they don't have to worry about following a narrative Um and and it sometimes text can be confusing for people who are living with dementia. So we just took the whole aspect of that out and have music that um, Jody Richardson 
um, recorded for us, and it's absolutely amazing. It's all Newfoundland music, all music that has been that was mentioned to us in the workshop. Um, so we've been bringing that around to different homes, and it's been quite amazing. Um, we had enough uh, in our funding; we had enough that we could bring it to um, a certain amount of homes for free. Um, and then, of course, being a charity, we uh, we're not able to continue doing it for free um but we're hoping that we can get some subsidies and those kinds of things for homes that might not be able to afford it because we think that it's so important and we've seen such miraculous um results from from doing it um with people who are living with dementia and people who aren't it's it's really for everyone so how do you tell these stories without a dialogue (laughs) um the music helps um all of the music is is kind of linked to what we're doing. Um, we are different characters throughout the whole thing. So we go from uh, me being a little boy playing and, and getting a pair of boots and being so excited about these boots and, you know, down to the harbor. And these the boots are kind of actually like a little bit of a, a through line of the whole show. The boots are in every scene um, and used for different things other than boots. Like we go berry picking and we catch capelin with these boots. So it's all familiar things. And we bring... Um, we bring tactile items around. We bring like seashells and, and these things that are familiar and sand, get people to touch it, help us put it in a bucket. We get people to smell the different smells. We have a campfire. We get people to, we found these amazing campfire scents online and we bring them around. We have a Sunday pot kind of thing. We bring around savory for people to smell. So the visual and the, and the scent uh, is a great way for people to, you know, um, incite different things that that have happened in their life, whether it it doesn't, not necessarily a specific memory, but it's a familiar um, sound, a familiar smell, familiar um, anything. (laughs) And that's really how memory works, isn't it? Because we don't think in dialogue. We think in vignettes. We think in moments. We think in music. We think, I mean, uh, it it amazes me to this day. Sometimes a a piece of music will come on the radio that I haven't heard in very long time. And all of a sudden, I, every word, every note I can recite to you and smells you just, uh, when you, when you spoke about the smells, smell is one of the most intimate type of uh, I don't know what sense uh, are, are among our senses and and as soon yeah. as you smell a certain thing boom you're there oh 100% actually when Claire uh, first moved into her house the lady who lived there before her had used this kind of incense that my great-grandmother had in her house and when I walked in and I smelt that I immediately heard the sound of the screen door closing like I had that that sense memory that connected the smell to the sound that I used to hear when I'd walk into the house like that was and that was like the most bizarre thing that I have ever felt and I was like this is what sense memory is and this is why it's so important because that's something I haven't thought about in forever but it came right back to me you know so you're hitting on some of these neural pathways which I imagine for anybody who's suffering from dementia is is absolutely essential Oh, my God. Absolutely. Absolutely. I work with people who are living with dementia every day. And, uh, you know, they're just the most wonderful people. And they are so engaged with 
anything that you do, anything physical, anything music related, anything art related. And, you know, it, it helps give people, um, a purpose, you know, you're, you're helping them, um, feel like they're helping you. And that's really important. That's really important for all people, to be honest. Um, um, but you definitely see it a lot um, with people who are living with dementia. So we get them to help us through the show by, by um, you know, kicking a ball or um, putting a rock in a bucket. You know, there's lots of these different ways to help in the show. I find this topic absolutely fascinating. We'll, uh, we're speaking with the co-founder and executive director of Old School Intergenerational Projects, Aaron Windsor. We'll be back right after this. Join Brian Medor weekdays at noon for a comprehensive update on news from every corner on all levels. Newsmakers, weather, and more. Join us on your VOCM at noon. My guest today on On Target is Aaron Windsor, the co-founder and executive director of Old School Intergenerational Projects. And we spoke a little bit earlier earlier about uh, um, ageism and that whole idea. Why do you suppose it seems as though society is so averse to aging? One time we used to embrace it, embrace uh, the older people in our lives, and now it seems like we're all trying our level best to be 22 all the time. (laughs) That's a really good question. I actually never really thought about it. I mean, I guess a part of it is that... um, you know, it, it, people don't always, like, live close to older, like, their grandparents and things like that. So the they don't always have the same level of respect that maybe we did, well, you know, when we were younger. Um, we can, you know, I grew up with all four of my grandparents and some of my great-grandparents and great-aunts and uncles. You know, I was surrounded by it all the time. But I don't, I don't know if... Um, if everybody is so lucky, especially nowadays, uh, people moving away and a lot of people coming from other countries and some of them don't even have their mom or dad with them, um, let alone grandparents. So um, to make those um, connections, it's just it's hard. And I, I, and I don't know why people want to be 22. Uh, I'm not I'm not really sure. Uh, it was great when you were wearing a bikini or whatever, but <laughs> when you were able to do that, and there I'm being ageist myself now. Um, but um, we haven't really touched on the benefits to younger people through these programs. Uh, well, young people, I mean, the, the social-emotional learning that I touched on earlier is definitely huge. Um, just such a different a different way to approach learning. Um, it definitely helps um, inspire feelings of accomplishment. Um, it, it helps attitudes. Um, that was a huge thing we saw with the pen pals. We got to see um, behave, kids who, you know, had certain behaviors all of a sudden with their pen pals when they finally got to meet. Quite amazing. Uh, it really did transform attitudes um, in, a, in a great way. Um, and, and, I mean, I think a huge benefit is getting to be friends with somebody who's older. Uh, I have, uh, uh, I can't count how many friends I have who are over the age of 70. Um, Honestly, I can't count how many I have over the age of 90. Um, And I feel beyond grateful to have them in my life and to learn from them every day. Um, So to me, that is a huge benefit for young people. 
and it provides them some of that context, that all-important context. Why are things this way? Well, they're this way uh-huh. because they used to be this way, and this is what happened in order for that to happen. You know what I mean? It, it provides that context that makes you care about uh, evolution and how things evolve to where they are today. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's so important. So you've got the bus. You're looking for a few volunteers. We haven't said how people can get a hold of you if they have the time or the the uh, ability or whatever the case may be to help you out. Of course. Um, so they can give me a call, uh, 763-6634, um, or they can go to our website, and any of our contact information is there. Our website is old school, just spelled regular old school, and it's IP, as in intergenerational projects, IP, NL, Newfoundland Labrador, at, uh, at .com. That's all it is. And so, and our email is info at oldschoolipnl.com. So that is uh, that is the best way to get a hold of us. Um, we are always looking for people to get involved. Um, I will say that it's tough for Claire and I right now. Claire actually just had a baby, which is very exciting. So we have a, an old school baby now <laughs> on board the bus with us. Um, but it's, it's tough because she also works uh, another job and I work another job. So we're not able to do this full time, which, uh, you know, Please, God, (laughs) eventually we are because there's so much to it that, you know, our evenings and weekends end up being full of doing this, which we love, but um, it would be great to be able to do it um, as as a real as a real full time job and be able to hire uh, other artists. We know how hard it is to be an artist and find work. And, you know, we we want the artists that are underutilized in our community. They could be doing so much more for therapeutic benefits than they are. Um, and, you know, we've been lucky to have government of all levels support us. And we are beyond grateful for that. But there doesn't seem to be any sustainable core funding to keep us afloat um, to be able to do it all the time, um, which is really too bad um, because I think that what we're doing is so special and it it could really improve the lives of so many people. Um, So maybe if anybody from the government's listening, maybe that's something they can think about, some kind of sustainable funding um, for intergenerational arts programming because it is uh, non-existent at the moment, unfortunately. Um, yeah, so I think that the arts hold such power and, um, we need to use it as much as we can. And we're just very grateful for the support we've had so far. Um, like I said, if anybody wants to reach out to us, that would be great. Even just to say like, Hey, I like what you're doing. Keep us, keep me in mind if you're looking for a whatever, like we're, we're just so grateful. We want to make as many connections as we have. We've made wonderful connections with community groups. Uh, the commissioners have been a huge supporter of us. Seniors NL has been a great support to us, too. We're offering a music program uh, in the fall where um, uh, Seniors NL has offered up uh, their space as a donation for us um, to, to get that to take place. And, and another one of them is taking place in a senior's home. It will be the first time offering a generation's music together Um opportunity for families so um just we want to we want to be in touch with everybody we're always reaching out to homes to schools to uh community groups just saying hey here's what we do uh we might not have the time to do it right now but we do want to do 
this with you someday or this with you someday. Um, yeah, so I, I'm really appreciative of the community so far and um, and their support. Has COVID presented you with any um, added challenges, um, you know, because uh, certain generations are a little more vulnerable, I suppose, than others, and certain generations are a little more interconnected than others? Absolutely. Um, well, the um, COVID was, I mean, COVID was a, a huge deterrent for everything everywhere. <laughs> but um, for us, it was right when we, like, started with the whole bus process. So the bus was delayed, and we're so grateful to Citywide um, Transportation and Perry Gulliver for being so wonderful and, you know, working as best they can to get it done despite all the COVID and the bus situations and all these things. Um, but with, in terms of getting seniors involved in things, oh my gosh, it's so challenging. It's so challenging. Everything has to be virtual. And we did a telephone tune program where we had uh, community members and professional artists that love to sing call and sing to seniors who wanted a lift and you know we're willing to do that anytime we have a great group of people who have offered to volunteer and are happy to do it anytime and it makes them feel good too it makes them realize that you know their talent can be used for so much more which is so important and what's the overall i guess um, response been from your participants oh my goodness it was Absolutely astounding. I mean, we had the public show of um, By the Sea written for people with dementia, and we saw incredible feedback from there. And it is a different kind of feedback altogether, you know? Like, we didn't have necessarily people come up and be like, oh, wow, that that was so much fun. I mean, we did have that as well, luckily, but we also had uh, feedback in terms of during the show. We had people participate who might not always participate in things, and we got to see people um, lift their heads and smile and kick the ball and and be excited and sing along and dance. And those are the things that are true um, to good feedback in that kind of situation. In terms of pen pals, we've had people say that, like, like we've had we've had grade six students say, you know, this was the best day of my life get when they finally met their pen pal. And we had older people say, you know, I find I, I felt like a, I felt like a teacher again. I didn't feel like a patient anymore. Um, those those sorts of things like it's it's absolutely amazing. Like even the, the feedback that we've managed to, you know, write in our testimonial section of our website is still not enough to say how successful our programming is and can be so we are actually once the bus is up and running we're going to um, go to different communities also funded by um, come home year so that's why we're in a rush to get the bus done so we can do it in october and uh, also new horizons going around to communities and offering um uh, uh programs like leadership programs for people of any age, younger people, older people, everybody in between, to learn how to facilitate their own intergenerational programs. Because obviously, Claire and I are just two people. We can't just do it ourselves. And we need help. We need people to keep this programming going. Um, you know, it's not it's not about us. It's about everybody else. It's about how it's going to help them. Um, and so that's, you know, that's the goal is that we get to have all of these programs happening all over the province just to increase wellness of everyone. And um, 
I mean, my 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 long-term goal on things, Claire, uh, me and Claire match each other out quite well because I'm always thinking way far ahead in the future, and she's thinking of the present. And um, <laughs> but my, I mean, both of our goal would be that we could be the hub of intergenerational programming, and that we can um, help facilitate between homes and schools and and all of these other groups by having a facilitator in every home or in every school and it just allows for for it to happen all over you know Erin, we're completely out of time. You're doing some great work. Anyone who is interested, carpenters, electricians, whoever can lend a hand to help you retrofit the bus, 763-6634. Really appreciate your time this afternoon. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Linda. I appreciate it. And we'll be back tomorrow. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, Heritage NL and what they are doing these days. Stay tuned for that. Thanks for listening, everyone.